Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. Thank you for joining us this Thursday for yet another blessed message. God expects a level of excellence from us as Christians and for us to strive to attain the best possible level in all aspects of our lives. Preaching and witnessing is no exception. Preaching is considered to be foolish to those who are perishing. However, preaching is the main method God has chosen to bring about the salvation of many souls. Today's message will encourage you to proclaim the word of God effectively so that even more non-believers can be preached to about the good news and believers can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. Preaching the gospel evokes the power of God in a church and leads to salvation. Be blessed by today's timely reminder on the power preaching contains to save and transform lives. Thank you for an opportunity to be in church in your holy presence. We pray, Lord, for grace, for wisdom, Lord, for your blessing to be with us this morning. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you speak to our hearts, that you lead us into all truth that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, we want to begin from there. We are studying the subject excellence. Are you glad to be in church? Now, we are studying the subject excellence, and we are moving into a more excellent level of everything that we are doing. Amen. Um, and we are studying that from the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Now, to do something more excellently means to do the same thing, but to do it better. And you are living your life on this earth. And God wants you to live your life on this earth in a better way than you would have without his word. A more excellent way. Amen. Are you ready to experience a more excellent way of doing everything? Amen. I believe God is going to give that to you. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and we take off straight away from verse 14. That's where we were last week. I see excellence coming into your life, to your ministry. Amen. Amen. Over the uh, last few days, we were having a, our NAC um, Independence Convention in Takradi. And um, I was sharing with the pastors about a more excellent ministry. Amen. Amen. You see, it is possible to have a ministry, but it is possible to have a more excellent ministry. And I believe that it is possible to have a life on this earth, to have a more excellent life. You can have your marriage, but you can have a better marriage. How many want a better marriage? All right, you can just have an average life, but you can have a more excellent life. You can have your Christian life, you can have a more excellent Christian life. Can I have an amen? 
you can have your business and you can have a more excellent business. I gave you an example of an airline. Let's say Ghana Airways as an airline and you compare it with some other airlines, you realize that there are more excellent airlines um, than others. For instance, if an airline doesn't come on time or is always late or you can't be sure whether it will come or whether it will go, it's not a good airline or it's an airline, but there's more excellent airlines that you are sure that they will go when they say they will go and you are sure that they will come when they say that they will come. That, that, that alone makes you excellent. So actually... You know, there are very little things which make the difference between excellent things and things that are not excellent. They are actually very little things. I learned uh, some time ago, you know, that the difference between uh, doing things excellently and having very high yielding results, you know, and becoming, uh, let's say, very rich, if you like, and those who do not become very rich or those who do not excel uh, is made up by very little things. For instance, I'll use the example again, not because, um, but for lack of a better example, if you take, let's say, Ghana Airways and um, some of these other airlines, you realize that the plane that Ghana Airways uses is the same air aircraft that some of the other airlines use. Ghana Airways, I think, uses a DC-10. When you go to America, many of the planes of uh, American Airlines and uh, Northwest Airlines, some of these other airlines, are the same DC-10. Old ones. I sat in an old DC-10 last year from another um, company. And uh, it's not the plane. The equipment is there. The pilots are also good pilots. You get it? So the difference between um, something that doesn't work and something that works is, is often just a little thing. You get it? Let's say your marriage. Maybe your marriage is some way. But what may correct your marriage and make it an excellent marriage? Maybe just a little thing. That, that's all I'm trying to say. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Let's say your ministry or your business. Maybe what could make your business be a much better business? It's not even the line of business. Maybe you are selling cows or you're selling sheep or you're selling iron rods. Maybe it's not to change the line. Like, let me not sell iron rods or let me not sell nails. But to do it just a little bit differently you probably find such a difference that comes about. So, as we go through uh, this study, you are going to hear about many little things which, although they seem little, make such a big difference to your life and to your ministry and to your business and to your marriage. For instance, last week we shared a bit about loyalty and about how the house of Chloe where how many were not here last week can you give me a wave please i really need to see how many were not around last week okay most of you were not around uh 
you, you, I was sharing, you know, about how uh, if the government had just one or two loyal people, it would make all the difference. Because our nation has many educated people. These are big things. It takes a lot to get a person to the level of PhD, to be a doctor of whatever, MBA, and all the high-sounding names. We have lots of people with all those qualifications. And they've all been appointed Minister of Moon and Stars, Deputy Minister of Lakes and Rivers, Minister of um, Fishing, Minister of Fish and uh, Octopus, Minister, Deputy Minister of Sand and Stones and Leaves and Trees. No, they've all been appointed. But are they really loyal? You understand? Uh, you have army officers and so on who have been trained in Britain, in America, and in all sorts of places. Are they really loyal? If you have just one person who may not have so much training, but he's loyal, it will make a lot of difference. Just a little thing. You get it? And so, ladies and gentlemen, what is going to make a lot of difference to your life and to your ministry and to your business and to your future is often not a big thing, but a little thing. Some of us, if we were to decide to just adjust and decide to be people who will cook for our husbands, And show a little kindness. It would make the difference between heaven and hell in your house. Some time ago, we all assumed that every woman cooks. But these days, we have all sorts of Sister Ekua Rambo and Ama Tarzan <laughs> who are not interested in doing any of such things. Yes, they may cook once or twice when you are in a relationship just to throw some dust into your eyes. But when the actual marriage takes off, it's like you are getting into a problem area and some of such people are very good at their jobs they are very impressive at work but a decision to also be good in this area may make the difference between your happiness and your sadness just a decision now if you can actually sit down at a computer and type or you can do whatever work can you can decide that I will do this? It may make such a difference. Do you know why? You see, when something is a problem, whatever the area, it is often, it often becomes so big that it becomes something like 85% of all the problems. And when it is solved, it becomes something like 15% of all the happiness. 
I will explain. Like if food is a problem or sex is a problem, it usually forms 85% of all the problems. But when it is not a problem, it's just 15% of the happiness. It's like it's a small thing that is not important anymore. People don't even notice. Those who have it good, they don't even see that they have anything. But when it is gone, then it becomes a very big thing. You are, are you understanding what I'm saying? And so sometimes it looks like a small thing, but when you don't do it, it forms 85% of all your problems. But when it is solved, it looks so insignificant and you feel that, why should this thing be a problem? Because it doesn't even seem to make anybody do much difference. It's just there. It's accepted. 15% of all the happiness. So ladies and gentlemen, a little thing will make a difference. A little thing in your business will make a difference. Let me tell you something. God has promised us eternal life. But he has also promised us abundant life. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God wants us to have happiness and abundant life on earth on the way to heaven. When we get to heaven, there are many things that are waiting for us there. But on the way, are you listening to me? God has abundant life. I have come that you might have a life and that you might have it more abundantly. You know the Amplified Bible actually says that you might have and enjoy life. Go and read your Amplified Bible. You'll be surprised to find it there. That you might have and enjoy life. So God has a plan for you to enjoy life. I see you enjoying life in the name of Jesus. God doesn't want you to cry every day. God doesn't want you to be sad every day. God doesn't want you to be moaning every day. God wants you to be rejoicing every day. God wants you to move to a level of excellence. Lift your hand and say, I move into excellence in Jesus' name. I move into excellence. I have a more excellent life. Hallelujah. The Bible describes a ministry. It says the tabernacle where there was a holy place and men would go with incense and candles and so on and make sacrifices of animals. And then the Bible says that Jesus Christ came in Hebrews chapter 8. It says Jesus Christ came with a more excellent ministry where we don't have to carry candles and incense and, and carry lambs and sheep and enter. But he came doing exactly the same thing but he has shown us a more excellent ministry. The same thing, the same thing of offering sacrifices to God, offering prayer, and so on, and so on. It's the same thing, but it's the same thing, but it's more excellent. It's an upgraded version. God is giving you an upgraded version of your life. Whatever your mother and your father experience, God is giving you a higher version of that in the name of Jesus. A father is somebody who wants you to have something better than he had. A, a person who is not a father, often we are confused about who a father is. You know, when we talk about fathers, people often think a father is somebody who maybe is very old. You know, it's, it's one of the fathers. That's what it says, it's one of the fathers. You know, we, we often confuse what a real father is. You know, what, the, the main thing that makes a person a father is the ability to reproduce. That he's reproduced. And most of us become fathers at a young age. 
Yeah. You actually become a father at a young age. You don't become a father when you are old, usually. Usually when you are old, you may not become a father. So a father is not necessarily somebody who is very old. I became a father as, as, when I was in my 20s. So, so me being a father to you in the ministry or whatever, it's not dependent on my age, but it's dependent on my ability to produce another pastor or to produce another Christian or to, to produce after my own kind. That's what makes me a father. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and people who are in competition with you are also not fathers. A father is not in competition with his son. Cannot be. Should not be. That is not a father. If a father is in competition with his son for the same woman. <laughs> Somebody needs to cry for mercy. Yeah. Usually the person who is competing with you is not at all a father to you. And somebody who is hoping for you to go down is not a father. So we are often confused about what fathers are. Sometimes we see people who compete with us, who try to pull us down, who try to destroy us, attack us, and so on. These are not, they may be older, but it doesn't make them a person a father. Like I said, a father is not, most of us become fathers when we are young. It's more by your, the, uh, uh, not that it's more, that is the fact that the person has been able to produce that's what makes a person a father. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm talking about? You are there? Yeah. I said, you are there? Yeah. And a father is not somebody who competes with you. But on this earth, we see people sometimes in the ministry, pastors and so on, who are competing with other ministers and so on and attacking this one, attacking, and then people call them fathers. You know, these are, these are, that is not how fathers behave. Most of us, our fathers don't compete with us for the same girl. Or neither does your mother compete with you for the same boyfriend. It would be unfortunate. These are not things that are, uh, happen normally. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, you have sometimes gotten a wrong impression of what a father. A father is someone who is trying to make things easier for you. I'm trying to make things easier for my children. I'm trying to make things easier for my, my sons and my daughters in the ministry. I'm trying to make things easier for my children. How many would like your children to have an, a better life than the life that you, you had? Is that, is that not why you tell them, don't do this, don't do I did this, I did this. You see, you are not listening, you are going the same way that I went and so on. How many would like, if we were to have listened to our fathers and our mothers when we were younger? Our lives would have been different. And most of us did not live. We don't mind them. We say that this old man, this old whatever, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We are young. Today everybody has a mobile phone. Everybody has DVD. Everybody has this and that and that. He doesn't want me to enjoy. The young men of our age are more decent because of HIV and so on. They are more principled. Are you listening to me? Ladies and gentlemen, God wants you to have a more excellent life. Your Father in heaven wants you to have a better life. And God is working on you having a better life on this earth whilst you are here. 
And that's why I'm preaching to you. The same life, but more excellent. I said the same marriage, but more excellent. Anybody who has suffered in his marriage will not like his real child to suffer in the same way. There are people who will marry a certain kind of person and will tell their sons, never marry such a person. And sometimes these advice, when they give, we don't enjoy those advice because you have seen a very beautiful person just in the same way. And, and when the person is telling you something, you don't want to believe it. But ladies and gentlemen, a father is trying to make you have a more excellent everything. Believe it. I said believe it. Amen. And so, as we go along, there are going to be little things which will make the difference. Like last week, what we touched on is a little thing. It's called loyalty. We didn't even call it loyalty, but that's what it is. But I will tell you something that it makes the difference. You see, for me, me, I employ, I have got employees in many countries, apart from here. And that is just one is so important factor that I need. I don't really mind what school you went to. I don't really mind where you, what you've learned in your house. It's so important because I've seen it. It may look, it may look like it's nothing. When we first started having branches, you know, I used to see the quiet-looking pastors. You know, and I used to think, you know, these quiet guys, you know, they, they are not powerful and they are not exciting. You get it? And they are not people who can even, people will come to, you know, after church, they don't talk to, they don't talk to anybody. I remember one such quiet pastor, our pastor in Kumasi, Pastor Kakra. He came to me one time, I was in uh, tech, I was preaching after takeoff, I was talking to all the students. He came to me and he said to me, so what do you talk about when you are talking to these people? What are you saying to them? Because I can stand with them and talk with them for a long time. And he said, when we're going home, he said, so what, what are you saying to them? Because he's very quiet. But when he's with me, we can talk for, for the whole day from morning to evening. But he's very quiet. I used to think that if you are quiet and so on, you know, maybe God cannot really. But you go and see the church that he's pastoring there. Just go have a look. I see the work that God has used him to do there. You will find out that it's not by people who are shout and give raps and this one says this and the, the person looks excited or whatever. I have found, I've come to learn to trust more in loyal and faithful people. You know, that first, in 1 Corinthians, when we get there, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2, it says, it is required. You know, it's not, it's not that, you know, there are some things that are not required. There are some things you can do without. But it's required that a man should be faithful, a steward. There are some things we can, you know, there are some things in our houses and we, we don't need. You know, you don't need a kettle. You can use your cooking pot and then boil your water. In your car, there are things you don't need. There are a whole lot of gadgets today in cars that no one really needs. A, a lot of things on your computer you've never used. There, you can do without them. What you need is to tie A, B, C, D. And basically that's all we are. You save. A, B, C, D, save. What else do you need? Email, send. Send. If that also. Even the mobile phones that we have, 
many things on the phone. We never use that. We never use half of the things on the phone. We just hello and bye bye, on and off. I was buying a phone. The man said, you can use this one in America. You can use it here. You can send email. I said, even computer, I've not sent email before. How much more a telephone? How can I send an email on a telephone? I don't need all this. I just on and off. There are some things we don't need, but there are some things we need. They are essential. Yes, you may be the laughing kind and the shouting kind and the exciting kind, but it's not essential, but some things are essential. You need loyalty. It will shoot you up. It will make your value go high for good leaders. Unfortunately, disloyal leaders and leaders who are not good leaders don't value loyalty when they see it. I've met leaders who, who don't value loyalty. You know, you have a boss, he values MBA. Or he, when he sees PhD, he says, oh, yeah, uh, give, me, give me three PhDs and two MBAs. You know, uh, they, they choose by different uh, mean, uh, methods. Or they, they see, you know, beautiful secretaries come in and say, give me the girl who was wearing the red dress with the blue shoes. How does she, do you know whether she can do the work by her, her red dress and her blue shoes? But you've got to know the right qualities that you must choose. And I'm telling you, my sister, be a faithful person. Let people be able to trust you. Let people, people to be able to lean on you. Bible says the man on whom the king leaned. Somebody can depend on you. Can, he can, and you, when he leans on you, you are not going to move. You know, you can be dependent upon. Every big man is looking for somebody to lean on. Every important person is looking for somebody to trust him. Somebody I can put here, and when I come back, the person will be there. And what you tell the person, the person will do. And will not just vary it, but will do exactly what, even if you want to do something, do something, but you do what he said to you first. How valuable it is. It will make a difference in your business. Businessmen, those of you who employ, value this one thing, a loyal person. A person who says, Good morning, sir. I like you, sir. I'm happy to. And when you go, he says the same thing. Make that a number one important feature and characteristic that you look for in people. Find a way. Read the book on loyalty. Study and see how to find. Because nobody can come to announce and say that I am a loyal nurse or I am a loyal so-and-so. No, you have to use signs to know that somebody is with you. One of the ways is how the person treated the people he came from. And what he says about where he's coming from. People who come to work for you, you know, and say, you know, huh, I thank God for you. you know, where I'm coming from, it wasn't easy. The man is like this, the this is like that, the that is like, I mean, when I hear those things, I get scared. Because I can just hear myself, I'm the new person who you are also talking about in that way one day when you are leaving me. It's like this and it's like that and it's like that and it's like that and it's like that. Hallelujah. One day, he who criticizes somebody to you will criticize you to somebody. Write it down. He who criticizes somebody to you will one day criticize you to somebody. It will just turn. It's just a matter of time. Amen? So learn it. Learn it. Because it's real. 
Hallelujah. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, we're going on. Little bits of revelation that are going to make your life an excellent life. Lift your right hand and say, I'm becoming more excellent. In all that I do and all that I say. Notice verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God. It pleased God. Everybody say, it pleased God. It pleased God. Say it again, it pleased God. It pleased God that by the... By the what? Foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That's why we call that building over there power and wisdom tower. Hallelujah. Because Christ is unto us which are saved. He is both the power of God and the wisdom of God. Lift your hand and say amen. amen. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, let him that glorieth glory in the Lord. Amen. Amen. This is a very wonderful passage. Of, give the Lord a clap offering for a wonderful piece of scripture. Hallelujah. Now, how does this relate to us having an excellent life? Very much so. Very much so. Very much so. It says in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Amen. Amen. Now let me tell you something. Preaching is to many people foolishness. That is why and God has decided to use that method to save people. It's, it's, it's something like, you know, you're going to cross, or let's say you're going to travel from here to England. 
How many know you can walk to England? Huh? I have, a, I have some brothers. I know one brother. He walked across the Sahara Desert. There were three young men. And two of them died and he survived. He's a member of our church. There are people who have walked to Europe. You can also drive. I've seen cars in Ghana which drove from England to Ghana. Reinhard Bonke used to have trucks which drove all the way from South Africa to here. It's a six and a half hour flight on a, on a, on a, on a, on a jet plane. Six and a half hours. People have driven. You can also go by ship, SS Apapa. I have personally been on SS Apapa before. Traveling from Britain to Ghana. SS Apapa. It's a real ship. Some of you thought it was a, just an imaginary ship. It's a real ship called SS Apapa. You can also fly in a plane, a jet plane. You can also use a propeller aircraft. If you see the picture they show us on Independence, I'm sure you saw it on, on, on the 6th of March when the Queen or is it the Prince of Wales or the Queen also comes to Ghana. They come on this BOAC propeller plane. You can come with propellers. You can also come by balloon. People fly in a balloon all around the world. You can come by canoe. You can swim. There are all sorts of crazy people who are ready to do all sorts of experiments. So there are many ways to do one thing. To go from here to England or to anywhere you want to go to. There are many ways to kill a cat, as they say. You can poison the cat. You can catch the cat. How do they catch the Joseph? They, they call it Joseph? Yeah. How do you catch? You put it in a sack, is that not so? And then after that, they tie the sack and then they hit the sack on the floor. That is one way. You can... You hold the legs and cut off the... Do you eat cats? All right. <laughs> you can drown the cat by putting it in water. Is that not so? There are many, many ways to do it. And God has many ways to save people. For instance, let me give you a few ways God could have saved us. Number one, he could have sent angels to appear. It's very easy. Appearing of angels is not difficult for God. You see, let me tell some of you the problems you've been experiencing. You think God can solve them. But you see, there are problems God can do like this. It will just vanish. Every problem will go. But God has decided that he wouldn't do that. He will allow you to go through because it's more important for you to go through and to develop certain good character, Christian character, than for you even to be happy. You will say amen. amen. And ladies and gentlemen, God could have sent, God could appear in the sky and speak. When he spoke and he appeared by the Mount Sinai, thundering the song, the people begged, look, please, tell the Lord not to appear anymore. We are tired, we are afraid. When God speaks one, everybody will be afraid. All religions will just 
ask, uh, who is your servant? Is it this man or this man? We want to know. We are all going to follow him from today. But God has decided not to do that. God could allow Jesus to, 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 to come and walk on this earth. When you shoot him, and he will rise up again. Or have you seen Terminator? I mean, how many have seen Terminator? There's a guy, when they shoot him, he doesn't sort of die. He just, he just does, you know, as if so, something is itching him. So he just does that. As the bullets are going through him, then he's walking. I mean, God could send Jesus to come and walk around like Terminator. And people will really believe as you are shooting him. You shoot, po, 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 po. Then you can put him in a bomb. When the bomb is finished exploding, he will come out like that. Then you fire him. You just be doing like that, and then he's moving. Yeah. There are many ways God could have chosen to save us and to show the way. But God has chosen one particular. He could also have used wisdom. That people who are wise and have a lot of intelligence and learn a lot could know God. But he decided. He could have used also signs. Signs in the sky. Uh, when a pastor says, okay, the sun is going to go down. Now I will turn that, I would agree with Reverend uh, Ankara at um, Royal House. I will tell him that I'm going to darken the sky at exactly 10 o'clock. So when it darkens, then he should tell his congregation that the sun will come back at 10.15. Then he can darken it from 10.30. And I will arrange with all the pastors in the area to darken the sky at different times. People will be afraid of us. We won't preach again. They will, they will, they will just come to see us. And we tell all of them should kneel down outside. Tell the deputy minister of lakes and stars that he should kneel down outside. I'm coming. Oh, yeah. There are many, many, many ways God could have chosen. But listen to what he says. Verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God. I said it pleased God. Everybody say it pleased God. That by the foolishness of preaching, to save them that believe. That is the method God has chosen. And that is why when you see a young man who becomes a preacher, maybe the person has been to school and you see the person becoming a preacher, that is why in this world, people look disappointed and say, oh, have you stopped working? Because it is, seen, it is deemed to be a foolish thing. You know, when we stand at crusades and we preach and give your life to Christ, then you see some little children coming forward. And some, you know, people who look like they are, they are not important in society and they just come and they just come running. It's like the real important people in this society are never at that crusade ground. And they never come forward to be saved. Even if they are in a church, they never come forward to give their lives to Jesus. Because it is like a foolish thing. I would be more respected by being a doctor coming to announce that I'm a cardiothoracic surgeon coming from New Jersey or a cardiothoracic surgeon coming from uh, Colorado. I would be more respected. But because I'm a preacher, people look at me and say, he doesn't work. And that is one of the reasons why they are against pastors having anything good. They don't want a pastor to have a car. They don't want a pastor to travel. They don't want a pastor to 
to live in a certain way because they feel he is not working. He's just deceiving people and he's just saying nice things. And a lot of people are coming to listen to him. And he doesn't, he shouldn't have what we have. You know, especially people who work in the world and you know they see a pastor maybe having what they have or having more than they have. They are they, it pains them. It pains them because they feel, you know, why should he have what I have? Look at him when he's not working. He doesn't work. Many people ask my wife, so your husband doesn't work anymore. When she used to work at Attorney General, they used to ask her, so your husband doesn't work anymore? So your husband doesn't work anymore? I myself used to be ashamed of, 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 of being a pastor. At a point, you know, people ask me, well, so what are you? And I just say, I'm a doctor. So I didn't want to say I was a pastor because it sounds so funny. So you're a pastor. But these days, I don't even mention that I'm a doctor. I just say, well, I'm a pastor. What do you do? I say, I'm, I'm preach. Always preaching. Preaching, preaching, preaching. I preach in Collegono. That's where I'm based. I'm based. I'm a preacher based in Collegono. That's my work. My work is to preach. Because God has chosen the foolish thing. And I have to accept the foolish thing that God has chosen. Let me tell you something. I, until the time when you fully embrace the foolish things that God brings, you will never really benefit from God. As long as you are on this earth, eh, the things that God will bring to you are foolish looking. When somebody says, I see you having a car, then you lift your side, I believe. Somebody look and say, what is wrong with this guy? You, you lift your side, I receive it. What is that? <laughs> God has chosen the base things of the world, the weak things of the world, things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. What is prayer? That, that's why in the, so certain presidents in Ghana have spoken against prayer. Instead of Christians wasting their time going to church, praying from morning to evening. Yeah, the Christians should be more productive, doing whatever. It's only Christians they can speak against. They can't say that about Muslims. They should say to Muslims, see what the Muslims will do to them. They will see pepper beer. It's only Christians you can insult like that and tell us that we are wasting our time and doing nothing. People are praying seven times, five times a day. They close their office down and you occupy the office for prayer. Pray in aeroplane, pray everywhere. They kneel down and bath in front of you and pray. If you like, open your mouth and speak. Rather, you should give them public holiday. If you don't take care, you see what will happen to you right now. <laughs> That's why it's, it looks foolish. Prayer. Laying on of hands. Somebody said, he's sick. I was praying for the sick. Somebody at Kolibu was watching me on television. He sent a message, a doctor. He said, tell dad. You know, because I'm also a doctor. He said, tell dad to come here. Here is where we have cancer of the knee. Cancer of here. Cancer of here. Here are where the real sick. If he says he has anointing, he should come here and perform. Instead of going around, he's laying hands on people. He says, I said be healed. He said that somebody is healed. God has chosen. It's a choice. I said it's a choice. God could have sent me as a Rambo who cannot be killed by any bullet. When you shoot me, I just do like this. When you shoot me, I just do like that. And I'll be coming, I'll be coming. But God decided that. He would allow me to be someone that you can even come and break my walls and I'm there as if I don't have any power. But it's a choice. I say it's a choice. 
It's a choice by God. God has chosen weak things. God has chosen foolish things. That's why most pastors are not very educated. That's why most pastors are not very educated. That's why many anointed people are not very educated. Because God has chosen weak things. Things that are nothing. Things that are despised. Things that nobody regards. Things that nobody will respect. Things that nobody will salute. And God has chosen them that those things are what he's going to use. It pleases God. It's God's choice that by preaching, men should be saved. And Christians, we can laugh at the unbelievers and say, you know, you don't know that preaching has saved me. I thank God for school. I went to school. I did this. I did that. But none of those things could save me. Only Christ Jesus and only the preaching of the gospel could change my life. I tell you, I came from a good home. I came from a good family. I came from a good situation. I had uh, the best school. I had the best. I went to the best school in Ghana, Chimoda School. I went to the best university, University of Ghana. I went to a medical school. I did all these things. Still. Still. But I thank God for the day that I met Jesus Christ. I thank God. I said, I thank God. I thank God. And he used the foolishness. Of a little raggedy group which looks like nobody. The headmaster never came there. The deputy headmaster never came there. The principal house officer never came there. The, the, the teachers never came there. But a little raggedy group made up of mostly from one boys and from two boys and from three boys. A little group of SU people. Opening the Bible. Nobody even wants to hear them speaking. For me to be saved. No important person came to talk. And then thank God for Uncle James. He would drive his car, come and park outside the SU, a grown-up, and wait for us. When we finished SU, then he would talk to a few of us who wanted to talk, share the word with us. That's what we do with Eli today. People who will go to the secondary schools and talk to the people. And it looks like you are a fool. How do you spend your Sunday afternoon at a school? What are you doing? But God has talking to children. Hmm. It's a wonderful thing. But God has chosen. That's what God has chosen. I tell you, I was at a crusade in Takradi and I was just watching as evangelist Robert Aviokofi was preaching. Hundreds of people came to give their life to him. And I was watching some of the people coming to give their life to Christ. It was wonderful. And I look at some of them children. Anytime I see little children coming to give their life to Christ, I always remember Pastor Eddie. He was 13 years old when he gave his life to Jesus. From that day until this day, he's been said. Perhaps if you saw Pastor Eddie coming to stand at the front like that, you may not, you may not think much of, but you don't know that as a mighty man of God who is giving his life to Christ. That's why most pastors haven't been much to school. And you criticize them. And they are doing their best with what they have. And you sit down in your whatnots, looking down on them and say, hmm. Thank God. He chose fishermen to preach. Now, notice verse 21. It pleased God, the second part. 
that by the foolishness of preaching to save. Say preaching to save. Preaching to save. Preaching to save. Preaching to save. Notice verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power. The preaching is the power. Preaching is the power. Preaching to save. Preaching is power. And preaching saves. When I preach to you, it will save you. The preaching is the power. Some of you come, say, somebody came once to ask uh, someone, you know, some years ago, when we were, you know, the church had begun, he came to ask one of the pastors, Reverend Saki in particular, I think it was Reverend Saki, to ask him, is your pastor powerful? Another person wanted to know, is there power in the church? The preaching is the power. If you don't believe me, I'll tell you something. Watch a, a church where there's no miracle, no apparent, these kind of plain hands on people, some of these aspects, you will see that God raises up very big churches without all those things. Why? Somebody said, hey, but there's no power in the church. Why should the church have people? No. Because, you see, the preaching itself is the power of God. The real the power is in the word. The, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word, the word was actually God. So when the preaching is coming, God is coming to you. God himself is coming to you. Sir. God has chosen by, by the preaching of the gospel to say, it is the power. I said it is the power. It is the power. It is the power. That's why he says we are not ashamed of the gospel. He said, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's God's power unto salvation. There is power in preaching. If you are a Christian here, and you don't expose, you see, some of you don't know that it's that little thing that you, you don't have in your life. One of the things you don't have in your life, which will make a lot of difference, is preaching. No tape. No preaching. Preaching, listening to tape, is not part of your life. That's why there's little power. You see, a lot of things will be corrected in your head. Will be corrected in your life, in your business, in your marriage. And your life will move to another level if you were to expose yourself to preaching. Many of you think you, think you know what has been preached. By the time I finish preaching, you will only retain about 11% of what I have said. People who expose themselves to preaching become powerful. Some, I mean, one man came to me yesterday. He said to me, just bless me. I said, who be? He said, yeah. just, he said, anything. Just bless me. Touch me. Say anything to me. And I said, you are blessed. Then he just said, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Who am I? People may think that I'm powerful. What have I done? Have I, somebody said, yeah, we know that he has been to India for certain powers. India, me. I've not been to India before. I've not been to India. Somebody said, I've started doing miracles. I've started doing whatever. I've gone to India. Uh, another church I heard, they said they buried 10 cows. And the cows turned into worms. And the worms are the members of the church. <laughs> That's why there are a lot of members. You know, the members have t- uh, from, the, from the worms. One worm, one member. <laughs> 
<laughs> Different ideas. Where does the power? Even in South America, as I was taking the offering, I remember one day I was receiving the offering. I was receiving, I said, as you plant your seed, I was taking the offering for, the, for, the, for, the, for them. You know? And as, as I was telling, as you plant your seed, God is going to bless you. And as they were coming out, I would speak to them. I said, may your husband love you. May your wife love you. Oh, they were receiving. One time, I said, a lady came, you know, and she put her offering in. And, you know, like, go back. But I was speaking blessing on different people were coming. She stood there. She said, tell him to say in Spanish. Tell him to say, may your husband love you. I tell you, she stood there. She refused to go back to her chair. She refused to go. She was standing by an interpreter. Until the interpreter came and had to tell me, you have to speak to this lady otherwise she is not going to go back to her seat after giving her offering tell him to tell me may your husband love you let him say those words over my life ladies and gentlemen that's why the gospel flourishes where there are poor people and simple people because the so-called high and mighty society of ghana of nigeria of england of europe of america they don't believe in such thing these things are out of there i mean they they, they don't like such they don't want such thing they are above such thing but we thank god uh, that we know that the preaching uh, of the word of god is the power of god unto salvation it's power to us i said it's power to me i said it's power to me preaching is power to me Preaching is power to me. Preaching can save me. Preaching can change me. Preaching can do something that the police cannot do. Preaching can do something that none of these things. No, my teacher cannot do it. No, my father could not do it. No, my mother could not do it. Some of you. Some of you. Your father couldn't stop you from fornicating. Couldn't stop you from drinking. Couldn't stop you from watching blue films and pornographic films. Your teacher couldn't stop you from doing certain foolish things. The police couldn't stop you from stealing. But I know something today that has the power to stop you from stealing, to stop you from drinking. To stop you from fornicating. To stop you from being a bad person. It's called the preaching of the word of God. It's the power of God. It's the power. That's why I said we are not ashamed of the, of, the, of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. For it is the power. It is the power. It is the power. It is the power. It is the power of God unto salvation what a difference preaching makes in my life i'm always listening to preaching i can't have even one day without listening to preaching i always have a tape i don't care what it's about just give me some preaching i said just give me some preaching somebody shake somebody on the right and say just give me some preaching i need some preaching today i need some tapes today i need to hear something i need some preaching the preaching of the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ what a difference it makes in my life one time I was listening to a program and there was a, some people who had committed suicide and the pastor was saying if they had only waited one day if they had only waited one day and come to the program just a day 
they would have heard the preaching. The preaching of the gospel. Gospel means good news. I said gospel. Gospel is not CNN. Gospel is not GTV. Gospel is not TV3 news. Gospel is not Metro TV news. Gospel is not Joy FM news. Gospel is good news. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Gospel is good news. I said gospel is good news. When you come to church, you come to hear good news. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Gospel is good news. We didn't come to hear bad news. We have enough bad news from Joy FM. We have enough bad news from CNN. We have enough bad news by listening to the radio. But we thank God for the gospel, for the preaching of the word of God, which has power to save us and to heal us. Preaching can change you. I said preaching can change you. What your mother could not change, what your uncle who was looking after you could not change that bad character in you. What your husband cannot change, what your wife cannot change about you. I say the preaching can change that thing. Some of you keep your husbands away from church. You don't know that it's the preaching that has the power to change that man's behavior. Some of you keep your wives away. You don't know. I was talking to one lady. She didn't want her boyfriend to come to church. She didn't want her boyfriend to come to church. She wanted to keep him in the world. Until she found that his heart was drifting away. Some of you ladies, you think you are beautiful. You think your face will always be without pimples. You think your hair will always be growing. I know people without even one strand of hair upon their hair. The hair you see is not their hair. It's somebody's hair. Hmm. <laughs> ah! Hey! I said, hey! But in the day that that young lady saw that her husband and her boyfriend was drifting away, she started to run to the church because she knew that there was power there. Her beautiful face could not keep him. Her beautiful looks could not keep him. Her sexual acrobatics and gymnastics could not keep him any longer. He was looking for something new. He was looking for something else. He didn't want her gymnastics anymore. He wanted somebody else. And she knew that there was only one power that could keep that boy, that could keep that husband. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about the gospel. I'm talking about the preaching. I'm talking about the preaching of Jesus Christ. Health education cannot keep HIV. You see the advert, condoms. And they've written on the big billboard, tell Jimmy that if he doesn't wrap it up, then he should zip it up. And they've written all kinds of adverts. But ladies and gentlemen, condoms and health education don't have the power to change the lifestyle of people. But I know somebody, I know somebody who died on a cross 2,000 years ago and rose up from the dead. His name is Jesus Christ. And I know the preaching of the cross can save and can change.
where do pastors get their power from the word of God because the word of God is God's in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God when you expose yourself to preaching preaching in the house preaching in your office preaching at home preaching in your car preaching on a walkman preaching on the way to school preaching on the way back from school preaching when you are having your bath preaching when you are sitting on the toilet when you are exposing yourself to preaching you are exposing yourself to the highest power of almighty God give me preaching every day I said preaching every day preaching is different from reading preaching is different from reading preaching is different from studying that's why you can read something but somebody else will preach it to you and it changes preaching is like cooking the food you may have the raw meat there but when the preaching is like frying the meat and putting in some some onions and some garlic and some incense pour it onto the meat and fry it and boil it and, and grill it serve me lord lift your hand and say serve me lord with your word today i just want your word i want to hear some preaching i love preaching the preaching will make a difference to your business expose yourself to preaching every day there's preaching about everything there's preaching about success there's preaching about marriage there's preaching about business there's preaching about life there's preaching about ministry there's preaching about wisdom expose yourself to God's word some of us live in our world of pride that's why we can't even receive the word meanwhile it's the pride that is going to lead you to your fall your fall is just predicted your fall is programmed because you are walking on a high rope of pride when you see somebody walking on a tightrope and dancing everybody's heart is in his mouth because you know the next thing that you may see or the next thing that you may hear is that you fall ladies and gentlemen preaching will take you to the next level the same life in Ghana the same Ghana life it will take you to the next level I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you a more excellent life I said a more excellent life a better life look at me a medical student without any background in Bible school how did I become a pastor By preaching preaching changed me preaching changed me my mother says sometimes when she sees me she doesn't know whether it's her son preaching changed me it even changed my name you can't even know where I'm from you can't even know which family I'm from look at a half caste boy like me half caste are not respected in Ghana they are seen as bad boys they are seen as don't mind that Lebanese boy have you not heard something like that before don't mind them preaching has changed me preaching will change you preaching will give you an excellent life a superior life receive it in the name of Jesus lift your hand and give the Lord a shout of praise and stand to your feet ah, thank God for the preaching of his word 
Hey, I thank God for the preaching of his word. Stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Are you ready for preaching today? Are you ready for preaching? Are you ready to receive more preaching? Everybody must have a tape. Everybody must have a tape. Get a tape recorder. Expose yourself to preaching. I tell you, see it. It's powerful. What the police cannot do. What the president cannot do. You know, when President Kufo came to action to dedicate the church, he said, I have seen that the religious leaders seem to have more influence than we, the politicians. And I said, in a near while, in a near while. He's spying the thing. He's seen that the religious leaders have more power and influence than even the politicians and the so-called presidents and whatnot. Thank God. How many have changed since you started hearing preaching? You think about your life. Even the small preaching. Some of you don't come to church regularly. The small one that you've been hearing. Small one that you've been hearing. Look at how it has changed you. People are surprised that you are even around today. Like by now, you'll be washing somebody's pems out of your, your body this Sunday morning. But only the spams may go, but the HIV will not go. Because HIV cannot be washed away with water. Forgive. Lay hands on somebody and say, thank you for preaching. Thank God for preaching. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Thank him for preaching today. The preaching of the cross. The foolishness of preaching. But that's God's choice. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for your holy word. We bless your holy name, Jesus. Oh, yes. Just make a commitment to God this morning. I'm going to expose myself to preaching. The way this thing seems to have changed me, the small one that I've listened to, has made such a difference. I'm going to expose myself to more preaching, more word, and I'm going to do what I hear. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We, we thank you that you saved us through preaching. You chose to save us through preaching. We bless your holy name in the name of Jesus. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, somebody invited me to church, but I'm not a born-again Christian. Please, pray for me. I heard you preaching. I want to be saved. You know, it would be very sad for you to be here this morning and go to hell one day. It must never happen. As you hear the sound of my voice, if you are standing here this morning, and you know deep down in your heart that you are far away from God. You don't know Jesus. You are not born again. Pastor, pray for me. Pray with me. Please help me. I want to know God. I don't want to go to hell. Pray with me. If you are here like that, just lift up your right hand right now, quickly. Lift it up high. God bless you. Lift it up high. Just your right hand. I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Lift it up high. Thank you. I see all your hands. 
upstairs, I see your hands. If you've lifted up your hand, I want you to come to the front quickly, please. Come, come from where you are standing. Come to me right here. I want to, this is how you'll be saved, by listening to preaching. Come. Just come, just come. Come and stand right, come quickly. Oh, clap for them as they come to the front. God bless you. You have the preaching. Come quickly to Jesus. God is saving your life today. You'll never be the same again. Excellence is coming to your life. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today is my day. I receive Jesus as my Savior. Please forgive me for all my sins. Right now, right now, I receive Jesus as my Savior. Cleanse me, Lord, from all my sins. I believe the preaching. I believe the word of God. And I decide to follow Jesus. From this moment, I am born again. I am a child of God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.